right now on the Ringer Gambling Feed and all throughout the entire month of August, the East Coast Bias Boys are getting you ready to bet the NFL this season. We're going through each and every single division and revealing our favorite futures, predicting division winners, and even giving you some award winners. Do we think the Kansas City Chiefs will repeat or will they be dethroned? Tune in now to find out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page, plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Hungry dogs run fast. It's it's truly a Philly thing here. Welcome to the Ringers Philly special. Shield Kapadia here, joined by Ben Solak and ace producer Cliff Augustine. Ben, I'm fresh off my first training camp practice of 2023. It feels good. Yeah. And, and, and uh, envious I am of you are the beautiful Novacare complex. A nice day in Philadelphia. It's good stuff. I've got Detroit coming up, which like Detroit's a fine facility, but nothing on the Novacare complex. I've never been to the uh, Lions facility. Yeah, I was down there. Uh, as people noted, I'm a real football guy because I didn't show up until the pads came on. You know, I'm not going uh. up there for the seven and seven stuff. I'm there for the pads coming on. So I saw that practice. I'll share uh, some of what I saw there. We've got questions in the mailbag here as well. Nothing too newsy. Everybody is, you know, if you want to knock on wood, everyone is relatively healthy. Hassan Reddick is still not practicing fully, but he was there uh, in a limited capacity as well. If you're worried about kind of one sort of contract-ish type issue. I don't think anything's really going to happen there. Uh, but he was in the house. Brian Johnson spoke uh, before practice. They were selling the Kelly Greens at the little, uh, of it looks kind of like a food, tr- it looks kind of like a food truck. I know they have at like the, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. So they were, because I think otherwise, uh, you guys might know better than me, but I, I've got a lot of complaints from friends about like the rollout process with the Kelly Greens, how they're like hard to get. They're not shipping until like September or something like that. So I know there are a lot of, uh, at least I've heard anecdotally, some complaints about that, but I guess that's one way you can get to it. All right, 
Let's start with some questions, and then I'll kind of weave in my observations from today's practice, uh, and then at the end, if I forgot anything, we can talk about it then. All right. Subashish asks, what Jalen Hurts did last year was amazing. I love his game, but I'm Same. a bit snake-bitten. I have seen an MVP runner-up become jobless in this city not too long ago. Huh? This is writing, bro. He dropped snake-bitten. It could be too, but uh, this is not a Sixers pod. Uh, it is just one great year from Jalen Hurts. Please convince me why the story will be different this time. Uh, so yeah, so obviously he's talking about Carson Wentz. And I think it's actually, I've heard this from a sprinkling of Eagles fans who, you know, I'll run stuff by. I'm like, hey, are you mad at me for uh, putting Justin Herbert above Jalen Hurts? And many of them say yes, but some of them say no. I think that's reasonable. Hurts has only done it for one year, we don't know what he's going to look like this year. You need a bigger uh, body of work. So uh, Subash's qu question, I think, has been echoed from some Eagles fans. Uh, what's your take there, Ben? Why is this not Carson Wentz 2.0? Uh, I think that Jalen Hurts is a dramatically different individual. And I think being a dramatically different individual matters a lot. I was, I was funny. I was actually listening back to a, a show I did when the Eagles were first in trade discussions for Wentz, like if they going to send him to the Bears, you know, to the, the Colts, what was going to happen? So I was just going back and like going through some old stuff. And one of the things that I said on that show that I kind of had forgotten about uh, in the whole Wentz debacle was how like from January to August, like he wasn't getting better. Like this, this was a guy who was kind of showing up every single year at camp as he was with the same issues, with the same mechanical problems, same footwork problems. He wasn't like, he was always unhealthy, right? He's always dealing with injuries and like some of that's out of his control. But in general, it was at times a frustrating experience because it felt like Wentz wasn't doing the stuff in the off season, he needed to get better. And that also had to do with like his connection with his teammates, how he was viewed in the building. You could not possibly have a greater difference between him and Jalen Hurts in this way, right? Like, uh, if I have if I have to see the I didn't walk through fire just to smell the smoke quote one more time, I'm gonna lose it. But like this is who Jalen is, right? It's a, great, is, quote. That's, that's it's a great quote. That's it's a bar shield. It's such a good <laughs> quote. With that said, it's driving me nuts how how how, how much I've I've seen it. Yeah, the um the long and the short of it is that uh you trust Jalen Hurts the individual to do what is necessary to stay at the top of his game, to stay ahead of the game, more than you trusted Carson Wentz to do that. With that said. It's a legitimate thing, right? Like, it, if quarterback play was predictive and, and talent was sticky and players were about as good as they were supposed to be, you and I would not have jobs because it would not be an interesting thing to talk about or analyze, right? And so, absolutely. Like, if, if last year's per performance predicted next year's performance, it'd be great. But you and I both know that's not the case. And so, it is a Philadelphian sports fear that you have to live with in the back of your mind. Yeah, I think you nailed it with the ability to improve. And I remember early on when we were potting, I didn't know you agreed with me on this, but you did that oftentimes in football analysis, we overrate an individual's ability to improve. But we know there are exceptions. And I think Jalen Hurts is absolutely uh, the exception here. And I think that's the biggest difference between him and Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz's flaws were the same from day one until the day he was out of the league. And, and we can all name what all those are. He, he couldn't hit the layups. He was uh, reckless with the football. He fumbled a lot. Uh, and, and, and we can probably go, you know, the mechanics, we can go on and on. Jalen Hurts has been the opposite. Jalen Hurts, every year, it's, it's like the old, you know, like basketball player thing. Like they add something to their game every offseason. And like, you can say that and it's one thing and you can kind of roll your eyes and then you watch him and you go, wait, 
This was a guy who completed 66.5% of his passes last year. He was fourth in completion percentage over expectation. He was seventh in adjusted completion percentage. Wow, this was a pretty accurate uh, quarterback last year, especially compared to what we saw the year before in 2021. And and that's just kind of like the, the start of it. And so um, you expect him to recognize the flaws in his game. Nick Sirianni has called him the most coachable player he's ever coached. You saw, remember, in 2021, uh, Hurts made a mistake comes to the sideline and Sirianni is getting on him. Like coaches don't have to worry about hurt feelings with Jalen Hurts. They did have to worry about that uh, Mm -hmm. with Carson Wentz. So uh, this isn't me telling you he's going to be like a top three MVP caliber type quarterback for the next 10 years. But I I do think the makeup is so different with him where he's accountable. You mentioned connecting with teammates. That's absolutely something. Work ethic, uh, leading by example, and leading vocally. All those things he has in his bag that Carson Wentz uh, did not have in his bag. So I think it's a fair question. Uh, He was only great for one season, but I still would be shocked if this ended up being anything remotely close to a Carson Wentz uh, scenario where five years from now we go, man, Hertz had that one great season, but it kind of fell apart after that. I just don't see uh, that happening. Uh, Some notes from Hertz at practice today. Uh, The play of the day was probably he hit A.J. Brown on, I want to say, a 50 or 60-yard touchdown It looked like a post to me. It might not have been a post. It looked like a post to me. A.J. Brown was singled up against James Bradbury. The coverage was good, and he just dropped it in the bucket. And Jalen Hurts' deep passing accuracy has been outstanding uh, going back to last year. And that's something, uh, you know, he's as good at that as really, I think, anyone in the NFL. So uh, that was one play that stood out. He had a nice back shoulder to A.J. Brown on the left side. Uh, He had a play where he was flushed out of the pocket, rolling to his left. Hit Devontae Smith with a little toe tap uh, on the sideline where I think they marked it out of bounds, but still a fantastic play. So uh, Jalen Hurts looked great to me today. I mean, you're not going to judge Jalen Hurts by training camp practices when you saw him go toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. You kind of you know that you can judge him off that. But uh, if you're if you're just wondering, is he sharp here coming off of last season for the one practice I was at today? Uh, the answer is absolutely yes. He was sharp. All right. Next question. Big Mike McD, loyal listener. I did fully understand this question. He said the world will come to an end if an NFC East team wins the Super Bowl, which I wasn't quite sure what he meant by that kind of uh, precursor. But the premise of the question is you can build your team with anyone from the NFC East only. What's your squad looking like and who's coaching the team? So the typical structure is the world will come to an end unless the NFC East team wins the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Maybe that's it. I might have read it wrong, or he might have missed a word. He just misspoke, or he's an unbelievable nihilist. Just a total, just, just. (laughs) Thank it. It's finally all coming to an end. The sun is swallowing (laughs) us all. Who's the (laughs) NFC team that's getting it done? Uh, Okay. I wrote down some names. I don't know if you had time to prep for this or not. I I took like three minutes and just went through the rosters and you you just do it off the dome, right? Yeah. All right. Who you? Uh, All right. So offense. Who do you have? I have Jalen Hurts at quarterback. If somebody wants to make a case for Dak Prescott, you can. I'm not going to do that here. I'm going with Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Uh, running back, I went Saquon Barkley. Although, I'll tell you what, if Tony Pollard didn't get injured in that uh, playoff game and you told me, hey, I want to go Tony Pollard over Saquon Barkley, I wouldn't say you're nuts. I love a Tony Pollard. Uh, so I think mm-hmm. there's a case for him, but I think it's a two-person race. Wide receiver is very interesting, Ben. I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts here. I've yep. got A.J. Brown has to be one of the three. And then the other two spots, I think you can go in a number of different directions. I went C.D. Lamb, and I went Devontae Smith. That's my direction. That's, that's exactly what I did. That's yours? Okay. Yeah, which, okay. like, 
Scary Terry deserves it. And honestly, like, yeah. if you want to make an argument of like, hey, there's going to be like maybe two commanders on this whole list. Just get Terry McLaurin in there. <laughs> That's fine by me. I totally get it. That's acceptable. <laughs> um, but I, I do think Devonta is the edge. For me, that like that, AJ is extremely easy. I think CD above Devonta is still where I would go. And CD's got to get in there. And then I take Devonta over Terry McLaurin. But I, again, like, if you want to throw a little charity case for McLaurin in there, I'm not going to blame you. <laughs> Yeah, I think if you put Devontae Smith on the Commanders, he would put similar numbers up to McLaurin. I think if you put McLaurin on the Eagles, he'd probably put up similar numbers to Devontae Smith. This is a case where bias is kind of good because we watch film of Devontae Smith every week and it's just like, this guy's incredible if he were the number one. I mean, he actually, you know what? I kind of take that back. I think maybe he puts up a little bit better numbers than Terry McLaurin if he's like a bona fide uh, number uh, one. So, all right, this uh, this clip page. of Devontae Smith running the ladder at camp, by the way. Oh my God. Buddy, I've wa- like, I've, how is he a human? Cliff's laughing at me. I've watched this thing 15 times. I've watched it 30 <laughs> times, if we're being honest. The ladder doesn't move. It doesn't move. Do you have any idea? So many guys do it very fast, but disrupt the ladder because they're not landing perfectly. The ladder doesn't move. He's unbelievable. He should just do that on the field, and then the Eagles should get seven points. Uh, uh, astonishing. If I don't know when we can get some Philly special merch, but I would have one that just says the ladder doesn't move. Uh, <laughs> let's you know, fill, with a Philly special logo. That to me would be a nice T-shirt. That's oh. the that's the first like Ben got wild by something at training camp video slash somebody <laughs> tweeting about career year Devontae Jalen Hurts throwing down the sideline. Like I, yep. I can't wait. What's next. I'm waiting for something to happen with Jalen Carter okay. or Nolan just so I can hit. Yo, Ben, you're going to be like off the edge. I can't believe it. Oh my god! Like I, this, I, this, this is crazy. If we're, if we're being completely honest, this is a safe space. No one's going to hear this. I saw that Devontae, and then I went and checked his contract, and I was like, when's he up again? Because he's getting out of Philly, man. He's just like, I saw that ladder run, and I was like, massive free agent contract incoming. He's gone. <laughs> I don't think so. I think they'll sign him to a massive uh, extension and figure I, they, they, The franchise under Howie Roseman does not have a history of letting like elite-type players in their mm-hmm. mid-20s go they kind of are like sign I, I know what you're saying you, you've got aj brown sign uh but you kind of figure out the rest you don't let those guys out of the building so all right we both have Devonte smith uh tight end i've got dallas goddard that one was yep. easy to me uh left tackle i had andrew thomas of the giants i'm not going to tell you i have uh you know crunched the film of Andrew Thomas, and I feel definitively that he should be the guy here, but the people I trust, the Brandon Thorns of the world, the Nate Tices of the world, I think Andrew Thomas would be their pick. Yeah. Is that who you would lean to? I, I struggle so much with my Lada because I love my Lada, and his development is, is, is so impressive, and he deserves the, the, the contract that he signed, but he's a little bit overrated in like the public perception because he's such a cool story, and because his highlight plays are so freaking funny. Highlight so level cool. plays, I was going to say, yes. like When it comes to just like snap-to-snap pass protection, Andrew Thomas is better. Like, he is. And my lot is good. He's a solid, good left tackle. AT is better. And so, yeah, I have Thomas as well. I, I think that's fair. Uh, left guard was hard. I didn't think I was going to be coming out of this saying Landon Dickerson, but it is Landon Dickerson, yeah. right? Absolutely. Yeah, I was like, it's got to be somebody else. And then you see Ben Bredesen, Chris Paul, and right. Tyler Smith, which like... Tyler Smith, who they drafted to be a left tackle, and he's playing guard and yada yada, whatever. Like he's a good player, but yeah, best left guard in the division is Landon Dickerson, which is cool. Way, way to go, Landon. That, that's true. If you were choosing one for the rest of their careers, I think you might go. You probably go Tyler Smith over 
Landon Dickerson, but that's not just because he's, you know, that's because he can play left tackle for you. So he's more valuable to the team where Landon Dickerson uh, is not. And I know Dickerson has stayed relatively healthy, but I, you know, you always kind of worry about the injury history he had uh, coming out of the draft. Uh, Center is Jason Kelsey. Right guard is your boy, Zach Martin. Right tackle is your boy, Lane Johnson. That's man. That's a good offensive line. Easy money. Yeah. That's offense. Did you get defense down? Yeah, yeah, defense, defense yeah. is edge. Edge is really hard. I mean, I'm oh, I Michael Parsons. Easy. Would you go Parsons and Reddick? Parsons Reddick, gotta be Parsons Reddick. Okay, We're, no, Parsons no, Reddick are, the, are no. the two like Montez Sweat, great, Kayvon Thibodeau, great, Josh Sweat, great. Yeah. We had two guys who were getting legit all pro votes last year, and then other guys who weren't. Right, I think it's Parsons Reddick for sure. I agree. The other guys are good players, but those guys separated uh, themselves. If you want to, if you're a Giants fan and wanted to be real bullish on a Kayvon Thibodeau and say, no, this year he's going to be better than Hassan Reddick, like that's within a realistic mm-hmm. uh, range of outcomes. But I've got Parsons and Reddick. Uh, D tackle, I've got Dexter Lawrence and Jonathan Allen. Oh, I took, uh, yeah, yeah, Dexter Lawrence and Jonathan Allen. Yeah, yeah. I had Duran Payne down for a long time and then I saved myself yeah. the last minute. I was like, wait a minute, Dexter Lawrence is a giant. We're fine. So, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. Who in the world do you have at line? I'm telling you, it is hard to find like five good linebackers in the NFL. I was doing, when I was trying to figure out like good young linebackers, you, it's hard to find five guys that you mm-hmm. just feel uh, great about. So who do you have as your two off linebackers? No. Um, I took Bobby Okereke and Jamin Davis out of Washington. Uh, Bobby Okereke okay. has been a solid starter for the Colts uh, over the mm-hmm. last few years. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with the Bobby Okereke. Uh, Probably a little bit overpaid, but still he's a good veteran player. And Definitely Jam- overpaid by the Giants. I didn't like that deal, but you're right. Yes. He's a solid starter. Jamin Davis, who's a first-round pick, if you remember, out of Kentucky, 19 overall in 2022. Uh, he was a shaky start as a rookie. Year two, Jamin Davis played a little bit. Uh, Jamin Davis took a nice step forward in year two, in my opinion. I liked what I saw to him quite a lot. Uh, and so for me, uh, that, that wasn't too challenging. I, I thought I would get him on. Cowboys, once you put Parsons on the edge, like... Van Der Esch had a nice season last season, but that's that's not. I, I Van Der Esch passed his prime. I'm not I'm not swinging on that, you know. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was Van Der Esch or Davis. Uh, Davis, I liked as a prospect. It hasn't fully happened for him yet, but I guess if we're looking ahead uh, to this year, I like that pick. We will go uh, with Davis and Okereke. All right, cornerbacks. I've got Trayvon Diggs, who I know is a polarizing uh, player mm-hmm. for many. I am I am I like a Trayvon Diggs. Uh, and then I took the two Eagles corners, Bradbury and Slay. You could go with the Stefan Gilmore. I guess if you want to throw in a Dory Jackson had a nice year uh, last year. Who did, who did you go for? Who's playing your, your slot? I mean, did we need to do it? I don't, I don't know. Do you do it like that? Is this a team that's actually taking the field? I'm trying to save the, the world field? or end the world. It's unclear. No, uh, we don't well, do slot. No, there's none of that. You got to just pick the four corners. Kind of like a, the three like best a, corners. Kind of okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure yeah. which way to do it. I wrote down Slay. <laughs> Diggs and Maddox because I play real football and I need a nickel. All right, that's what that's that's how I run my my business. How I run my team. Um, yeah, I think that Bradbury is better than Maddox, but I, I put Maddox down for the nickel. Safety was the the thing for me that I was like, oh yeah, it's Xavier McKinney for sure. And then uh, it's I really got McKinney. Yeah, who did um, you pick for two? I wonder if we picked the same guy. So if I'm playing, if I'm pairing with McKinney, then I'm taking. Uh, 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 this team's uh, fan base loves this player. Is yeah, the I'm guy taking Malik Hooker out of Dallas. Oh, I, I put down Cam Curl. 
I thought about Cam Curl a lot. I love, love Cam Curl. <laughs> Commanders Cam fans Curl? love Cam Curl. If you disrespect Cam Curl to Commanders fans, it would be like if you said something about Jalen Hurts, the Eagles fans. It's, it's very odd. They love Cam Curl. Safety was hard. Safety was a crapshoot. But that's what we got. So let's see. That's 22 spots. How many Eagles do we have? Hurts, Brown, Devontae, Goddard, Dickerson, Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Hassan Reddick, uh, James Bradbury, Darius Slay. So 10 of the 22 are Eagles. Let's see. Giants, we got Saquon one. Uh, Andrew Thomas is two. We've got Dexter Lawrence is three. Okereke is four. And McKinney is five. So yep. five Giants, 10 Eagles, five Giants. Who's next here? Cowboys, we got CD. We have Zach Martin. That's two. We have Parsons. That's three. We have Diggs. Diggs, that's four. And so four Cowboys on mine. And then that would leave I us Malik with... Hooker, Mason five. Okay, so, wow, that's pretty telling. 10, yep. 10 of the 22 are Eagles. Yep. I don't think we were and being homers. Honestly, there were some Cowboys. of these that we could have gone Eagles. Right, and yeah. congratulations to John Allen and Jamin Davis. <laughs> well done. Good, Jamin Davis is like, are you sure I'm supposed to be here? He he looks around. He's like, wait, do I have the wrong uh, place? All right, let's take a quick break. We will get to the next question. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, we are back on the Ringers Philly special. Tony asks, what would Nicobe Dean need to do to have, in your terms, a successful first season at linebacker? I would like a stat line and also any nerd stats from Solak that I can't get enough of. I don't know if you have a lot of linebacker nerd stats. Maybe you do. I no. mean, that's not really a... All yeah. of the linebacker nerd stats are, are bad, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I mean, so if you go and you look at like the first 16 games for recently drafted uh, young linebackers, right? You're getting like, you get, okay, so you get some really high tier performances. I'm now discovering I don't have the correct true media thing open. Did I lose? I was going to say, is this first 16 starts? Because like the, you, you got to expect the person to play, right? So I don't know if, um, I think there's a drop down for that. While you look for that, yeah, I'll give you first some numbers. First 16 starts, but I lost what? Where did, I worked so hard on this page. Where did it go? Shoot. <laughs> I lost it. Okay, so I got so, I got to I got to find this again. Okay, you find that. Let me give you some line, linebacker stats from the Eagles the last two years. TJ Edwards last year, 6th in the NFL with 159 tackles. He had two sacks, seven passes defended, 10 tackles for loss, uh no forced fumbles, no interceptions. That's last year. Year before, Alex Singleton had 130 tackles. 
for yep. the Eagles. I feel like when we were growing, you know, when I was younger, nobody had these these massive uh, tackle totals. Hundred they thirty they, tackles. They, they hand out part, tackle participation numbers these days, man. <laughs> these participation trophies. This culture, this generation, <laughs> man, it's soft. No, I um, I, I wanted to make sure I had it? these numbers right okay. because Singleton stands out in them. If you look at for the last five seasons, the first sixteen starts for a player who traditionally plays linebacker. The second most tackles in those first 16 starts are Alex Singleton, who had 161 tackles in 16 starts. Wow. The reason why this is important is because the Broncos just extended Alex Singleton after picking him up in free agency. And I was like, I cannot believe the Broncos are doing this. And Broncos fans were like, somebody hasn't looked at Alex Singleton's tackle numbers. And I was like, ho, ho, ho. Someone else hasn't looked at Alex Singleton's Eagles tackles numbers. Trust me, I know the player. He's getting a lot of participation. He's getting involved in a lot of plays. Um, but there's a difference in terms of impact. Um, yeah, so like that's the problem with linebackers, right? Like tackle doesn't necessarily serve as a really good proxy for like production. It's it's tempting to say that it is, but oftentimes that just means you're being contacted by the running back four yards down the field, right? You didn't actually necessarily like do the job. You can look at, at at pressure rates and you can look at TFLs, tackles at or near the line of scrimmage, in which you see like some of the high impact linebackers Devin White Shaq Leonard uh in their in their early careers could get about double digit tackles at or near line of scrimmage including TFLs which is an important stat right you're, you're producing on first and 10 you're creating a second and 10 creating a second and nine like that's a win for your defense so you'd like that for Nakobe. uh fundamentally though like linebacker stats are a product of environment a lot more so than they are of talent right and that's why you see like at the top you see Shaq Leonard, you see Leighton Van Der Esch, you see Nick Bolton, you see Tremaine Edmonds, Roquan Smith. You also see Tyrell Adams and Troy Reader and Cody Barton and Alex Singleton. Like, it's just not, you can't, you can't say like, oh, this guy had a lot of tackles, he had a lot of, a lot of TFLs, he had a lot of sacks. He's for sure like a talented guy. It's just not the nature of the position, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, so, I mean, just to answer the guy's question, I think it's fair to expect, I don't know, 120 tackles if he's a full-time starter with 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 the tackles that you know these guys pile up like you said here's here's what i actually want from nicobe dean successful i want him to be a competent starter to give you competent to slightly above average off ball linebacker play not someone who gets picked on not someone who were coming on here saying oh my gosh did you see what they did to they put nicobe dean in a blender uh last mm-hmm. game when they're in that stretch in the middle of the season like that's what you want no one nicobe dean does not need to be a star need to be an all pro for this defense to function. And I think those would be unfair expectations, especially for someone drafted in the third round. So that is my actual, what I believe would be a successful season. Now the numbers, yeah, like I said, 120 tackles, like maybe a couple takeaways, one interception, one forced fumble, maybe a couple sacks, maybe like seven tackles for loss, something like that, uh, I think is a reasonable uh, stat line to monitor. But as Solak mentioned, I don't think it's necessarily going to be uh, the stats that tell you the story with Nicobe Dean. All right. Seth says, with Jordan Davis on track to play in more four-down looks as well as nose tackle in five-down looks, there is seemingly a need for a backup nose. Does the lack of an obvious backup uh, signal fewer five-down looks? Who would the backup be if the season started today? So I actually take some... I don't totally agree with the question, basically. I don't know how often Jordan Davis is going to be out there in four-down looks when you yeah. have uh, Fletcher Cox and Jalen Carter and uh, Milton Williams and Brandon Graham who could slide 
uh, inside. So I don't know that he is actually going to play a lot. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned the stat last time we were on where Jordan Davis had five pass rush snaps on third down last year. So the guy would have to make a pretty significant leap for them to feel like he is a legit guy uh, in those situation. So that's part one. And then I'll just tell you what I saw uh, at camp today. I was I was keeping this question in mind. I feel like Marley Tui, Marlon Tui Pelotu yeah. is a guy to keep an eye on as the backup knows if you're just saying, hey, we don't want to go, you know, sign somebody like a Linville Joseph. Um, hey, maybe Davis went down a little bit. Uh, I think Tui Pelotu is a guy who if he can improve, if he can stay healthy, he could be that guy. I thought he looked pretty good uh, today. Um, and so that was the first name that came to mind. Yeah, so if you remember last year, they're playing Jordan Davis for a, a, a solid percentage of the snaps. Marlon, like he's playing like 30, 40%. Marlon Tuplot is playing like 20 to 30%. Davis goes down, and then Marlon's numbers jump up into the 40%, right? And they didn't, when Davis went down, they didn't sign Linval Joseph and Indomitian Sue right away. They actually signed right. Linval and Indomitian when Marlon went down. So the plan Good was point. Jordan Davis starts as our, our nose and Marlon can be our backup nose. And then they also had Marlon playing on four man fronts when like the second line went on the field, right? When Fletch and Hit Hargrave retired, they would send out Marlon to below to Milton Williams. Only when Marlon went down were they like, okay, shoot, we need like an actual backup nose and, and a new backup three tech. And they got Linval and, and Indomitian, Linval to be the nose and Indomitian to be the three tech. Because they were so successful with those two signings, they're not going to add to the room unless they have injuries that force them to, right? Like this team literally just signed two street free agent defensive tackles in the middle of the season because they had injury and both of them went great. So they're going to try to do that again. Uh, you know, Akeem Hicks is still a free agent. Chris Warmley is a free agent. Shelby Harris is a free agent. Sue and Joseph, still free agents. Mo Hurst, like all, like guys you can just get some snaps out of. Uh, and so uh, I, I don't think they're going to add anybody to the room. I think Davis is going to continue to predominantly pay in five-man fronts. And Marlon is going to continue to back him up in five-man fronts, be a backup at four-man fronts, and try to continue to prove that he's got value to the team and stay on the team and, and fill a bunch of roles. It's kind of the same as it was last year, and it worked well for them. I was watching uh, one-on-ones, the the great, the, one of the best drills to watch at these uh, training camps, O-line, D-line, one-on-ones. And the offensive linemen, we're, we're getting the better of these, uh, these young bucks out there. You know, Landon Dickerson versus Jordan Davis was a win for Landon Dickerson, I hit Davis went up. Uh, I forget against who the other offensive lineman was, and he kind of got uh, stolen there. So I, I think he's definitely still very much a work in progress uh, as a pass rusher. And even Jalen Carter, you know, Tyler Steen had a real nice rep uh, against Jalen Carter. Cam Jurgens had a really nice rep against Jalen Carter. So uh, I know everyone's excited about those guys. The ceiling is very high on them. Um, but uh, I would just say, you know, like, let, let's see. Let's see how they uh, develop as pass rushers. They're both still very young players out there. All right. Skyline asks, is this year going to be the last hurrah for the vets that propelled the team to victory in 2017? I can't imagine Fletcher Cox, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, and Brandon Graham all being back in 2024. So those four players, Ben, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, give me the order of most likely to least likely be playing on this team in 2024. Most likely, Lane Johnson. Next most likely, Brandon Graham. Third most likely, Jason Kelsey. Big cavern, fourth most likely Fletcher Cox. Uh, I had Kelsey and Graham flip flopped, but 
I don't take it. I don't feel that strongly about it. Otherwise, I agree with your order. I mean, I expect Lane Johnson to, st- unless he decides to retire, to still be the right tackle for this team in 2024. Jason Kelsey, as we know, is year to year, and we'll see what he decides. He still was playing really well last year. Now he is like increasingly. He obviously has the podcast like. There is going to be a point where it's just like, all right. right, this was a good run. But he's not like, it's actually a smart move. You know, you hear athletes retire and then they don't know what to do. Like he's actually got something that he's already doing uh, right away. He's got a family. He's got young kids. Uh, he's involved in the community in Philadelphia. So I, I don't know that it will be the hardest transition for him, but he's an emotional guy. He's been playing for a long time. So I'm sure it won't be easy. Now that I think about it, you might be right. With Graham over Kelsey, because Graham is already in a backup rotational role. And yep. those guys, like the the Calais Campbells, the Justin Houstons of the world, like, those guys can play a long time. Melvin Ingram, I mean, those guys right. uh, just kind of stay in the league. And Brandon he was Graham's really good last career year. career year, man. Career year, great edge last rusher. Year. Yeah, no and doubt. He doesn't want to go anywhere else, right? It's not like you're like, yeah. oh no, now he's going to go leverage us into a deal. Like, he's, he just wants to play with the Eagles forever and yeah. vibe. Like, I think Graham's going to stick around, whereas Kelsey is clearly engaged with the idea of retiring for multiple seasons. Good point. All right. You sold me. Let's go. The consensus Philly special ranking would be Lane Johnson, Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, which, by the way, we didn't think Fletcher Cox was going to be back this year. So I'm not telling you he's 100% not going to be back. Howie Roseman, there's a sentimentality. Also, like defensive tackles that you sign in free agency get some really weird big-time contracts that you don't expect. So it's not like... The easiest replacement would be, hey, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, and Milton Williams. But that's assuming that those guys develop and one of them gives you some pass rush this year, uh, which is not a given. You just lost Javon Hargrave last offseason. So I would agree with you. I think he's one where I would say it's more likely that he's gone after this year than not, but you can't really rule anything out. All right. Jim asks, Nolan Smith has been getting a ton of hype. What are your thoughts on how he's looked? Is Hassan Reddick about to get Wally pipped? Uh, I will let me let me answer this one. First of all, I mentioned that Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis didn't do much in the one on ones. Nolan Carter, he he does <laughs> move Smith. different. Uh, no, no, who, who's Nolan Carter? Uh, that Nolan would be Carter is Jalen Carter. If his and Jalen Carter, yeah, yeah, yeah. if they both like yeah adopted. Okay, all right, we we don't need to go too far down that road. Nolan Smith. Uh, had had probably the best pass rush move of anybody in uh, one-on-ones. And so he absolutely moves different. He's athletic. Now, I will say this. Like, take the hype. Cliff, cover your ears. You love the hype. I see you smiling. You don't listen. I, I, I don't want to be the preachy guy who says, you know, just calm down. It's all, but, but that is the truth. I mean, some of this was their fourth practice. This was their first practice at Pets. The thing about Nolan Smith is he's so athletic. He plays with such high energy that he's going to look awesome in this environment. Now, I like Nolan Smith. You guys like Nolan Smith. This could carry over and he could be an amazing player, but it's Hassan Reddick about to get Wally pipped. I mean, as, as, the, as the kids say, put some respect on Hassan Reddick's name. I mean, come on. This guy was incredible last year. So no, I don't think Hassan Reddick's getting Wally pipped. I did have this thought, Solak, and it's because of the change at defensive coordinator. If, uh, if, your boy Johnny Gans, I don't know whose boy he is, was still here. I wouldn't even bring this up because he's not uh, a creative mind. But is is there an opportunity if Nolan Smith is just like a really impressive player 
that they come up with some way to get him on the field, some special third down packages, uh, just a, you save it until you're going up against like uh, a great team. And all of a sudden, wait, what are they doing with Nolan Smith? Here's kind of that Rover. And you don't, you know, he's got like Michael Parsons sometimes, right? Where, Oh shoot, where's he rushing from? He's off the line of scrimmage, that type of thing. I have had that thought with Nolan Smith. I think that's something to keep an eye on. Cause just if we're speaking about traditional roles, Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, and then Nolan Smith. So like that's not uh that's not a ton of snaps. I think he's, you know, if Hassan Reddick goes down, you have a guy who really can fit into that role uh seamlessly. But if you're healthy at the first three spots, it's not gonna be a ton of snaps for Nolan Smith. So um, what are your thoughts on kind of his role here as a rookie? Yeah, I remember shortly after Nolan was drafted, we got a question on a mailbag that was like, Nolan off ball linebacker question mark. And I was like, nah, like that's not really gonna work. But you, on third down, you can just build whatever you want, right? When you're in a passing down, right? Defense coordinators live and die to get to third and seven. You get to build specific looks. You get to build bespoke defenses, right? And so absolutely, if Nolan, about whom there were some warranted questions regarding his pass rush ability coming out of Georgia, because he was so good against the run, but wasn't really super productive as a pass rusher. Uh, if Nolan just in camp is lighting it up as a pass rusher, and you go, okay, we know Josh Sweat can rush from inside of the tackle shoulder. Like, we've seen him do it. We know that Brandon Graham can rush from inside of the tackle shoulder. We know we've seen him do it. Let's find a way to get three edge rushers on the field. You will not be the first defensive coordinator to have thought of this. You know what I'm saying? This is not <laughs> this, this is not a, yeah. a, a like you know revolutionary stuff here. Um, that you're going to be able to get that done. Now you have Jalen Carden, you have Fletcher Cox. You have to make sure the juice is worth the squeeze. You can't just do cool stuff. It's cool stuff, and then all of a sudden you're you're losing on the interior, and quarterbacks are escaping up the center of the pocket, so on and so forth. Uh, and so, yeah, there's ways for them to get Nolan on the field. Uh, the most important thing, the validating thing is when you were watching Nolan play at Georgia, you went, wow, like this guy's physical toolkit is that that typical elite pass rushers look like. And now he's walking out of camp and he's not an elite pass rusher. It's four days of camp. But the guy's moving the way we thought he was going to move. Right. And that's always yes. the, the training camp thing. You always hear this from from you know, old time scouts and whatever. It's like, oh, the second he stepped on the training camp field, I knew he wasn't it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is an important thing in those early days to be like, oh, yep, nope, this cat's who we thought he was. Uh, And that's the case with Nolan. So feel free to get as excited as you like. And if he's as billed, they'll find a way to get him on the field. I agree. I'm glad you said that. Get as excited as you like. I'm not here to tell you don't get excited. I'm just telling you what I saw and what my perspective is. But if you're like reading camp reports and are like, Jalen Carter is going to be a combination of Indomitian Sue and Aaron Donald based on what the uh, reporters are reporting after four days, do that. It's football. It's fandom. That's part of it. Everyone's ready uh, for football here. So it's okay to be excited. All right. Andy asked, at what point in the season do you see Nolan Smith and Jalen Carter starting? Now, we kind of answered it with Nolan Smith. I think unless there, I think if there's an injury to yeah. Hassan Reddick specifically, and it might take two, uh, that that's what it would take for him to be uh, a starter. Now, Jalen Carter is different. Ben, if, you, if I had to ask you, Jalen Carter or Jordan Davis, just more snaps played, no other qualifiers this year, who do you go with? Carter. Like, I, like, if we define starter as guy on the field for first snap of week one, then Carter might not be a starter. But in terms of who's taking the majority of snaps, Carter's a starter by week three. You know what I'm saying? Like, if not by week one. I think that, like, I think that eventually you're going to be at the point where Carter is, if not clearly taking the second most snaps. I should say, clearly taking the second most snaps, 
if not challenging Fletch for just taking the most snaps. Because part of the, the whole gig with Fletch over the last few years has been trying to manage his snap count so that he's not loafing when he's out there. Like he doesn't have the same motor he used to. So absolutely. Like Carter's Carter was a top 10 pick at defense tackle. And as we've talked about in the show, defense yeah. tackles take a long time to kind of really develop. You got to get him out in the field and let him play and learn and grow. And so I think Carter's going to take a ton of snaps. I would agree with that. Yeah, I think, you know, I think he's going to get every opportunity. Now, if he doesn't like look the part or struggling, which again, is not abnormal for a rookie, then maybe it's uh, somebody else. But yeah, I would say Carter will probably play more snaps than Jordan Davis. And if we're looking at top two defense, what did you just do with your teeth there? Was there something in your teeth? Was that oh, a sorry, loud no, snap? Just, What's going on? I snapped, I snapped a piece of plastic against my teeth. I was just thinking when I'm thinking I'm fiddling. A piece of plastic that could ruin your teeth. What if you chip a tooth or something? We're not. We're were not, you one we're of these not, kids who always had a I got a, always had a pen cap in their mouth? Growing up, I don't need to get it from you as okay. well. I okay. Tend when I I chew on <laughs> pens, I chew on like bottle caps. When <laughs> I'm thinking, I usually I'm ending up like I'm finicking with something. I don't love it about myself, but it's but it's what I do. All right, leave me alone. I I would always I always pick at like my cuticles on my like. Fingernails. I and, didn't know what a cuticle uh, was until I got married. I think that's a cuticle, right? That yeah. like where your your skin can yeah. So I, I always pick at those. And so uh I told my daughters, like, if you see me doing this, yell at me to stop doing it. And they did that. And then they got this little toy. Have you ever had a fidget spinner? Have you ever played with a fidget spinner? I've messed around with them. I've never like had one, had one. Okay. Yeah. So what would happen is I would, you would be usually be while I'm watching sports and I'm just sitting there and I would kind of like pick it. Listen, it's a gross habit. I understand. So they got me these fidget spinners. So now I try to just spin that fidget uh, as I watch sports. I think it's helped uh, here quite a bit. I'm so paranoid about when I watch people biting on things like you just did. I'm like, you know how paranoid I would be that I'm going to like chip my tooth or do something and I'm going to have to run to the dentist. What happens? Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What happens if you chip your tooth? I don't know. I, did that. Like, I have a chipped tooth and I just, I don't want to be to the, I don't want to go to the dentist I if I don't have to eat food. I didn't go to the dentist. It's just chipped. And I go to the dentist. And oh, I'm like, okay. dude, are your tooth chipped? And I'm like, yep. And then we move on with our lives. I generally You're don't. Like, yeah. I'm generally very <laughs> I suspicious. Just, I was biting a bottle cap. I'm generally, it was, I wasn't biting a bottle cap. I got elbowed in the face. Okay. I, I'm oh, generally very sorry. suspicious of dentistry as a profession in general, in general, but that's a separate conversation. This, that's a separate conversation that we can have uh, offline. And I, uh, I would just say, I don't disagree with you. If some, I would just say this, the right. listeners, if a dentist is telling you to have some kind of big procedure that's going to cause you to pay thousands of dollars, at least just get a second opinion. At right. least just get a second opinion. That's I, all I, 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 I could not possibly agree more. <laughs> At least when the plumber tells me I need to do something, I can actually see it. With dentistry, they're like, I'm looking in here and this is terrible. And I'm like, I don't know. You're the only one who can see this right now. And I feel fine. Uh, I didn't know. See, if, like, I would put the plumber in that too. Like plumber, HVAC, mechanic. Is, is this tough thing when you become an adult? These people tell you what you need and you have no idea what they're talking about. So you can't really fire back and say, no, I don't. And then next thing you know, they're trying you $2,000 and you're like, did I actually need to do that? So second opinions and all of this is very good. Yeah. I didn't know. I know the Capote family's got some legit doctors in it. I didn't know if the Capote family has some dentists in it. I always have to be careful before I share my No, my mom would have loved that. Yeah. yeah. If this was a dentist podcast and I was a dentist, my mom would be uh, very happy. But no, we, we don't have any. Uh, By the way, a little follow up on the bad oil change I got. Uh, yeah. I found a guy literally across the street from the mechanic who ripped me off. 
He told me the price for my uh, inspection and emissions on the phone. I dropped the car off. He charged me exactly uh, what it was supposed to be. I dropped it off the night before. Oh, let me ask you this question. You, you didn't tell me this bad mechanic story, by the way. You told this to somebody else. Oh, I didn't? No. What pod was that? Oh, Cliff, <laughs> Cliff, that was with you. That was with you. Remember the mechanic who ripped me off on the oil change? You said you went to like a local mechanic and he was trying to run you up yeah. for an oil change. I told you, I got you. Got, like, I got multiple people in the city that do car stuff. Like, Why are you not hitting me up about these I things? Know. I'm trying to help you out. So, so, like, so long story short, there's a mechanic down the street. I can drop my car off and walk back to my house. Like what oh, a luxury, huge relief. right? So, so I'm, it's an oil change. So I'm like, I'm just going to try them out. It's an oil change. And I'm not, I'm not asking the price before because it's an oil change. Like even if it's a little bit more on the expensive end, who cares? The convenience of walking back. I take it to him. It was like $134, I think, for an oil change. No $134. What did you do to my car? So I'm never going back to him. Then I needed the inspections and the emissions, you know, the, the stickers you need on your car uh, once a year. And there's a guy across the street from that mechanic I called ahead of time. I asked the price. He gave me the price. He said, you can drop your keys, the car off the night before, put the keys through the thing, and then we'll call you the next day. Amazing experience. He charged me exactly what he told me he was going to charge me. He said, you don't need anything extra. What mechanic says you don't need anything extra? I love this guy. Uh, And I could still do the drop the car off and walk back to my home. So he has my business. Now, my question to you, when you do the key drop off, I don't know if you've done the key drop off. You drop your car off at the mechanic. You put your your keys through the uh, little slot in the door. Do you just loosely put the keys in there, or do you put them in a bag? Do you put them in an envelope? What's your move for the key Who's drop? Put off them in a bag. The What's the bag for? Well, I put them in an envelope, and this is because my dad always used to put them in an envelope, and I'm doing that. But with this time, I dropped off my thing, and there was a woman right in front of me, and she just threw her keys in there. And I go, wait a minute. Do I, I just want them to know what car it is, my name. I'm trying to make their life easier with a little yeah, label. Well, yeah, but that, okay, back when all cars were opened like actual doors with like keys that you had to put in there and physically turn... And there were probably like a lot less variety of cars, I guess. It's a maybe. great point. Maybe you're it's worried about point. multiple people having like, <laughs> you know, I, 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 my, uh, I was driving for a long time a, a Ford ZX2, which is the Escort before it was called the Escort. And that was like, put the key in there and turn it. And like, yeah, like that, you know, you're a little bit worried about, okay, if there happens to be another Ford yeah. ZX2 here, we're in like a little bit of a weird spot. Uh, nowadays, like, beep, beep, it's that one. Great point. It's yeah. a great point. Old, I, I old would head. love to argue with you. Stuff. I think I, I, I think you're right. Okay, I could just put the key in. I was trying to. If we have any mechanics listening, uh, let me know. But I think Solax right. I could probably just put the key in there. All right. I have no idea how we got on this topic. What we're talking about anymore? Because we're talking about we, being we anti dentist. Yeah. Okay. And then service employees charging more than they need to because they know you don't know what you're talking about mechanic, into the mechanic correct. who ripped you Good off job. into okay. the key drop off i've gotten i i, I over your podcasting together i've gotten better at following <laughs> following the, the the connections there shield to where, wherever right. we end up okay let's finish with these things uh ben we got another trey sermon question i mean i don't think trey sermon's gonna have a role on this team do you think he's gonna have a role on this team people love trey sermon i didn't even see that's not even. I didn't send it to you. you. No, I didn't send it to. But we got. I got multiple. There were multiple questions on Twitter about Trey Sermon. I said I'm not sending that to you. There were multiple questions about how do we get Zach Martin. Zach Martin is not going to be an eagle. Uh, if he is, let's see. What can I do? I will grow a mustache only for our next podcast. If Zach Martin uh, is an eagle, so I don't think we need That's to good. address those. 
But I just want you to know, uh, thank you for the questions, and they were seen. All right. Uh, I'm going to get to a couple of training camp. Last observations, a couple things here. Cliff has a voicemail, and then we'll wrap up. Ben, your boy, Kayvon Wallace was getting some first-team reps with the safeties, with Reed Blankenship today. Normally, when we've spoken about the safeties, we've said, is it going to be Blankenship and Edmonds? Is it going to be Edmonds and Sidney Brown? What combination? Two out of three. You've always sort of liked a Kayvon Wallace. Is there a chance he sneaks into the competition? Is this just normal training camp? Give everyone a shot. Uh, how do you feel about Kayvon Wallace as a, as a potential surprise contributor to this defense in 2023? Talent-wise, uh, Kayvon, to me, has always been a player with enough talent to like get on the field. I don't think he's a guy you want to take 100% of your snaps at safety. He's a role player at safety. He is a start deep drive downhill and hit somebody's safety. And that's got a, a place in the NFL. There's a several successful NFL safeties who do a lot right now with that being their primary job. So yeah, like, could, is it outside the realm of possibility that he's the second best safety on the team? Not at all. Like, talent-wise, he's always been that way. I've always liked him for that. With that said, uh, December 26, 2021, hip sprain. September 27, 2021, shoulder AC joint separation. August 19, 2021, aggravated groin injury. August 18, 2020, shoulder injury. Whoa, whoa, hold on. What awesome site do you have that you can just pull up a player and it gives you all these injury things? I do not know what this website. You don't know draft sharks? You ain't getting injury history off draft sharks? How long you been in the game? I have no idea about Google, this. this Google amazing. right now Rashad Penny injury history, <laughs> and then one word draft sharks, and then they have like a percent Rashad. chance of injury and chance of injury per game, which like, I don't know how they get those numbers. Those are fine, but if you scroll below that, you see a blue table titled injury history. Oh, what a website. Yeah. Now, now, should the ringer acquire this website? Now, none what of a website this says. Which is none of it's linked, but because they have I the don't dates, like that. No, but yeah. because they have the dates on which it happened, you can go and like search for the game logs and search for like articles immediately after those dates. And you can get a little bit more clarity on like what the hip strain was, what the injury was, so on and so forth. But yeah, come on. Draft Shark Shield. Uh, you know what? This, yeah, we really should have like the ringer NFL stamp. We should have a, a thing where we all share goat because I, I bet you have like three of these that I don't even know about. Maybe somebody else has. You probably have three one. that I don't probably. know about. Yeah, yeah. maybe. But I, this is going to come back to bite you, uh, Ben, because you're going to bring up some random guy on extra point taken who you love, and I'm going to pull this up, and I'm just going to start reading off their injury history and tell you to yes. settle down. So the that's moral definitely gonna happen, of the story here is you. that yeah, Kayvon Wallace plays a brand of football where he just is a little bit of a glass cannon. So even if he's getting a starting job, again, you want him to be a rotation player and you worry about him staying healthy. Not su not super surprised to hear that he's he's taking first-team reps, though. I will say that, like, I think they're going to, at some point, give Justin Evans first-team reps because they're trying to see what it all looks like. So I, I, yeah. I don't want to read too much into it. And then the, the last thing I had in terms of depth chart uh, stuff... I don't think I've asked you about a Christian Ellis, have I? I think that was when EJ was on. Mm -hmm. We talked a little. Christian Ellis uh, was there with the first team today with Nicobe Dean. That hasn't always been the case. It's been Nicholas Morrow, but uh, Ellis had a nice spring in the practices that were open to the media. I think he's had a nice start to camp. I don't know if you know any my, anything. If you had any opinions on, Christ, uh, on uh, Christian Ellis when he was coming out, if you have any opinions on him potentially beating out Nicholas Murrow. I'll be honest, I wasn't thinking about a, a lot about Christian Ellis until the spring, but he seems like a guy to at least keep an eye on uh, once the preseason starts and see if he can earn a starting job. What, right. what do you think about a Christian Ellis? The thing is, in order to have an opinion on Christian Ellis, you would have to really dial in on his three tackles in Week 18 last season, because that's the only NFL action he's gotten in the regular season, right? 
And so I don't have an opinion on Christian Ellis in terms of the quality of his play. He's a great high weight speed guy, right? I mean, like he's a 6'2", 230-pound linebacker, runs sub 4'6", jumps 36 inches, his three cones really fast, his memory serves. Like he's like his big guy, big, fast, explosive dude, and that's all the Ellis brothers. Uh, and so he's been a practice squatter at a couple places, and now he's here with the Eagles, and I mean, he very well could make the team. He's going to be a special teams guy for sure, and that's how you stay on the active yeah. roster. And then you see what, what he looks like when Nick Morrow gets banged up or Nicobe has to be out for a couple weeks or whatever, right? And so opportunity for him. But I'm not, I, I, I do not have a, like, man, this one time Christian Ellis impressed me. I just have not watched enough Christian Ellis to have that, that opinion. That's good. Nor should you uh, make one up. So if you're, if you're wondering who to watch in the preseason games when nobody's playing, Christian Ellis is probably a good guy to watch. All right, Cliff, let's end the show. you got a voicemail for us let's see what the listener has to say and then uh you can give me the phone number if people want to leave voicemails for future episodes we can let them know where to do that hey guys it's uh, harrison calling from new york go birds um i'm a teacher i've been really bored this summer so i figured i'd just listen to some old pods and then i saw on october 5th you guys took my phone call i had asked about what the eagles would do with new orleans draft pick Ben correctly identified some players that are actually on the Eagles now, Eli Ritt, Kelly Ringo, even Jalen Carter. Um, all of them ended up on the Eagles. But what I'm calling about is uh, this quote from Ben. If they get the Nicobe Jordan Davis Carter, I will love this team forever. I will do whatever Howie says for the rest of time. Now, I'm wondering if that still holds true. And, um, you know, I know you're not really keeping your promises right now with the whole Rolex watch thing. So something to keep in mind as training camp goes on. Anyway, love the pod. Go Birds. Uh, Cliff, you got to hold Solak to his promises. This is getting ridiculous. Thanks, guys. Bye. Wait until this guy finds out that I once said 1,000 retweets and I'll try out for Poe when the Ravens mascot broke his ankle and then immediately got all of those retweets, hit up the Ravens and got absolutely nothing in response. Oh, did you contact them and they wouldn't, they did no response? I, I chatted with someone with the Ravens who was like, I'm going to, you know, let's see if we can do this. And I think the Ravens were maybe hoping I was a celebrity with a lot more clout and it would be like a fun thing. <laughs> and instead it was just like some guy who covers the NFL and they were like, ah. Um, so yeah, no, uh, many people attempted to grease those wheels, uh, but it was, uh, it, it was unsuccessful. The Rolex thing was very clearly said in jest. I don't know why this is being thrown in my face. This is a tweet. Tweets aren't real. And then, yeah, in terms of the, I'll do whatever Howie says. I'm an embellisher. I've always been an embellisher. I, no, I, I can't help myself. This, this, is what, this, is, this is the double-edged sword of good podcasting. You use colorful language. You, lose, you use uh, bold strokes. And then every so often it comes back to bite you in the butt. But hey, Kyle Trask ain't starting week one for the Buccaneers. So we're going to be all right. Mm, that's true. No, no jeans for uh, Benny Souls. Cliff, how do you how do you feel about it? You look. I like just you want my Roly. That's that's all I want. I just want my Roly. You said <laughs> I got a Roly. You're going to engrave Ganawatch on <laughs> here. Right. By the way, we got some uh, some production coming through for Ganawatch soon. So be on the lookout. Yes. Beautiful. We got something coming for that. How too. does Ganawatch feel about Viva La Mexico or whatever it was he said on the on the? Uh, what on the, was on that? Video? Oh my God, that was so weird. Why did he say that? Why? <laughs> if you're okay, so you're doing a game in Mexico. Presumably, like the Cardinals have a game in Mexico. I'm assuming, like that's got to be the case, right? I have no idea. It had, there was no context 
For those who yes. don't know what we're talking Cardinals, about, it was a Cardinals oh wait, that was last year. Last year, the Cardinals played yeah. in Mexico. I don't even know if they've got a 2023 game in Mexico or not. But la- okay, so last year they played in Mexico. Maybe if you're just saying, hey, like we played a game in Mexico, like we have a large contingent of like Mexican American fans, so let's like do some content for them. That's fine. Jonathan Gannon is just the whitest dude, mid- most Midwestern guy. Just not good casting for the role, man. He doesn't sound sincere when he says Viva La Mexico. He sounds like very odd when he says it. You got to pick somebody else. Also, it, it was very odd. It was the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals players are saying it's a culture shock, a quote unquote culture shock that Gannon has with the Cardinals right now. I mean, I don't know if that's yeah. how bad Cliff Kingsbury was. That right. the bar sets so low that Jonathan Ganning is putting on a culture shock in Arizona. Like Cliff Kingsbury just must have been the worst coach ever stepped foot in the NFL. That's how bad he must have been. No, no, no. No. Well, yeah, Cliff Kingsbury was bad, but this happens with every new coach. Two and fifteen. Talk to me in on December 29th about whether there will there oh, will don't, have don't been worry. a culture don't shock. Don't worry. Not, We're gonna be talking uh, about Ganning watch yeah. in December or whatever it is. Oh, <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. I can't wait. So check out Check out that video from the Cardinals account. Yeah, it was like, uh, it was just all their players doing a photo shoot. It said something like, we heard y'all want behind the scenes. And so they're showing all the players behind the scenes and they just show Cannon. Yeah. And he just goes, Viva La Mexico. Which, <laughs> what listen, is happening? And here's the other thing about that Cardinals video. Like, hey, you guys wanted some behind the scenes. Here it comes. You have to have a little bit of self-awareness. You're highlighting on your video, DJ Humphreys, Rondale Moore, and Dennis Gardeck. I don't know if you want to like be broadcasting that that's your guys, man. Like it's just a tough look. I'm sorry. It is. Uh, I can't wait for the Gannon Watch production. How many people you think know who Dennis Gardeck is outside of downtown Phoenix and me? Not a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of people. That's for sure. All right. I look forward to that. That's going to be awesome. Okay. I'm going to go back to Eagles training camp on Thursday. So I think we'll do one more uh, episode this week. And then Benny Soltz will be back with me uh, next week, whether he's on the road or back from his road trip. And we will have more for you. I was sketching out a little plan. What do me and Soltz need to cover between now and week one? So I'll share that uh, with you guys and we can figure it out for sure. So thank you to everyone for listening. Can't remember, rate, review, subscribe, email, share, grab people's strangers' phones and Download the podcast, whatever you need to do. Your kids, go ahead and have them spread the word uh, at camps when school's starting, whatever you need to do uh, for the Ringers Philly special. All right, thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Solak. Thanks to Cliff. And we will talk to you again later this week. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 
1-800-GAMBLER-1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.